Welcome to the Light on Being podcast. I am the host, Claire Zavko. The Light on Being podcast is dedicated to growth and transformation through conscious talks and conversation. It is time to remember our value, step into our wholeness, and live life fully. Join me monthly on every full moon for practical techniques, radical insight, and conversations with entrepreneurs, teachers, healers, and spiritual leaders. I'm excited. Let's get started. Today we have Anand Mahotra with us in Rishikesh, India. So first I want to thank you, Anandji, for joining us on the Light on Being podcast again. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Claire. It's a joy to be here. Today, I feel inspired to explore the nature of time Hmm. and that I've experienced a lot of challenges with time in my life. And I remember for a very long time, I used to think a thought and the thought was, there's not enough time. So I... I'm just curious, what is it about time that kind of makes one feel pressure? You see, time is fundamental to relative life. Kala is the first expression after the spanda. When the vibration occurs, it is time that appears because the vibration creates duality that gives rise to time. And so time is the fundamental character of relative reality on the level of our experience. And uh, it is natural that there is a certain level of pressure one can feel because time symbolizes mortality, right? Time is our mortality as this physical structure. So the whole pressure, feeling of pressure with time is to be identified with just the physical dimension of self. And if one is fundamentally identified only as the physical dimension of self, then life shows up as a finite game, right? So finite game being that you have limited time. And so hence, there will always be this sense of pressure. When there is this shift that can occur from your fundamental identity being of the physical structure to being a spirit, then the bandwidth of time expands and time, life becomes an infinite game. And then you're not so much stressed out constantly about time. And our relationship to time is very crucial and how we relate to time is really crucial and fundamental to how we live because our life as we experience it in this relative reality is a play in time. So how does one practice or transcend this pressure that they feel from the bounds of time. Yes, you see, when we speak of 
time, there is th three dimensions to, to time. Hmm? The subtlest at the level of pure being, or we also call the dimension of being as Shiva, there is timelessness, meaning no time at all. Time is secondary to that. It is subtler than time, that presence, that dimension of being. Then pulsation begins. And in that pulsation of Shakti, in the domain of Shakti, we have eternal time. Uh, so this is the domain of Atman, where we, the non-local shows up as local. That is our fundamental experience of the I amness. There is eternity. And eternity is a quality of time. So there is always enough time, right? Because that's all there is, is time. So at this level, time is eternal. And then there is the process level of being where, is, where structures show up, where there, there is a further condensation into this body-mind complex, and that is time-bound, right? So there are three different levels there is the time bound where we are fundamentally identified as a structure, physical structure. And as we know, any structure has a timer. Any physical structure comes with a timer on it. So it is natural that if we are really interested in uh, going beyond this cage of time where we find ourselves in, then we need to refine our perception. So we refine our perception and that's what whole yogi practices of our tradition, Shatva practice really support us and they're designed to help us begin to perceive ourselves at the dimension of Atman. The moment you can begin to experience yourself as energy, as spirit, then you begin to get a sense of the eternal. And then further, as you go in deep in meditation, and when you go into that transcendent state of deepest level of stillness in you, you begin to be infused with the timeless. So eternal and timeless interplay with each other. When you can begin to get a sense of eternal nature, not just on the level of thought, but on the level of experience, when you can begin to experience yourself as Atman as spirit, then you begin to get a sense of the timeless as well. And then you can play with time in this form, in this structure, in this particular incarnation of yours. And you realize the way to thrive in time is progress. This is what we can verify from our observation when we progress in time, because time is change, and uh, in time, either you change progressively or you change regressively. And if we can get access to that dimension, which is subtler than this time-bound experience, then we can step into this time-bound play and use the time towards progression. And when we do that consistently, we find Time becomes our ally and not our enemy. 
time is our great ally because in time there is progress, in time there is evolution, in time there is growth, in time there is expansion of knowledge, in time there is opportunity to experience love in its deepest expressions. So to be bound by time, to feel constantly pressured by time, one has to be stuck in the finite box game. One has to have access only to the dimension of where the formless shows up as form. So if your consciousness state is only, is only accessing just the structures, you will always have a certain angst around time. So refine your consciousness state, access, work with your energy, take your awareness to that dimension in your own being where the eternal and timeless start to show up as very clear experiences. Beautiful, yes. And for a long time, I experienced time as very linear. And then there was a moment, I remember I was at Machu Picchu and our guide was explaining how long it took to build the structures there at Machu Picchu. And I was contemplating how the people that started building the site had already left their body before it was finished. And they had never got to see what we're able to just walk in and see now in this moment and appreciate. And I was kind of asking a question about that. And the guide said, no, time is cyclical. And he was saying that they weren't concerned because they just experienced it, you know, in the next lifetime or in the next body. And it was really eye-opening for me. So can you just speak to like the cyclical nature of time? You see, the time as we experience it, even on a physical domain is an emergent phenomena. We have a specific nervous system, which uh, really facilitates this experience of time as a linear progression from past, from the known to the unknown. That's what we call time, right? That we are traveling from, un from known to unknown the known being something we have experienced and now we remember. And the unknown being that's something we anticipate but we have not experienced. And this gives us the arrow of time from memory to anticipation, right? So, and the second reason for time is because we see outside of ourselves change happening on a material level, entropy occurring, second law of thermodynamics. So this linear progression of time is supportive for us to have a certain functional existence here. But when we really observe, even on the level of patterns of our calendars, to our watches, to the movement of planets, and that's movement of all celestial entities, including our whole solar system and our galaxy, which is spiraling. We find circular movement. Even on a subatomic level, we find positive spins and the negative spins. We find there is spinning. We find spin everywhere. 
So we, it's very clear that uh, the only place you locate linear progression of time is on the level of the human mind. Outside of that, there is nothing linear about the cosmos that we observe. And so this is a fundamental reality to the relative time. And that's what the yogis call the yugas. And that there are cycles within cycles within cycles. Kali Yuga, Dwapara Yuga, Treta Yuga, and Sattva Yuga. So that there is cycles. And in Jyotish, we call them Dasha. So we see there are cycles within cycles within cycles. And so when we can begin to see that, we see that things repeat themselves, the events repeat themselves. That doesn't mean they're exactly the same, but there is a certain level of cycle which goes on. And uh, mm -hmm. which can help us when we get a certain sense, align ourselves with the impulse of evolution, nature. Then we can be located, we can all be located at the same, on an objective level at the same time, but subjectively we can be experiencing higher stages of time, mm -hmm. higher locations in time, that is higher yugas in yoga, we call them, that you can be on a physical level, be locatable in a Dwapara Yuga or a Kali Yuga, a denser state, but you can be actually experiencing on an inner plane, a higher time, a Sattva Yuga. Because time is cyclic, it is available. At any place, you can raise your consciousness state enough to access subtler dimensions of reality. And that can ultimately start to show up in your day-to-day -day life, how your day-to-day -day life flows. Huh? There will be less and less friction, more and more synchronicity, more and more harmony. So even though we have to, of course, honor and respect this illusion of linear progression of time, but we have to intuitively begin to know that there is nothing linear. And this cognition of not being identified with the time being linear, even though honoring it and living in it, but knowing intuitively, that can also free us from the fear of time, right? Because all fear of time is the fear of the unknown and also the fear of loss of the known. And this fear is only because there is an attachment to this illusion of time being a linear progression. Okay, so I'm not saying that we not honor it. We honor it and respect it, but we must intuitively know that this linear progression is only observable at a very narrow bandwidth of perception. Even on a physical level, when you go to the subatomic reality, you don't find any linear progression of time. Time alters. At different levels of perception, time behaves differently. And in the example that you were sharing about the people of Machu Picchu, it is true, right? Because ultimately, there is only the one seer. Huh? Ultimately, there is only the one seer. And uh, what we create has ripples and it continues. Whatever we create continues because space is infinite and so is time. Time and space cannot exist without each other. Wherever there is space, there is time. Wherever there is time, there is going to be space. And they exist in this kind of 
you know, union. And so whatever we introduce into this manifest reality generates the ripples in the field and they go on. And since there is only that one observer, ultimately, you will see it and you will experience it because as we said before, the nature of Atman is eternal. The nature of time is eternal. And so nature of life is eternal. So when you are Atman, anything that you generate has a ripple effect and it continues. And so it is important for us to realize how much power we have and uh, how much beauty we generate, right? And so everything that we create, the fragrance from it can keep emanating for eternity on a certain level. Yeah. And that's a beautiful way to live, you know, instead of just being in this kind of a drag from the first breath to the last. Yes, and it makes me think legacy, but it's so elegant to, to consider it just the fragrance, the fragrance that lingers and ripples. Yes, absolutely. So with time, how does, or what is the importance or relevance in the manifest reality of patience? You see, patience of often is misunderstood as some kind of a waiting. It is, patience seems passive. Huh? They sound similar in the English language. Uh, but uh, the finest meaning when from the illuminated perspective when you're talking about patience is really about your intuitive alignment with the flow of time. And I said, everything in its time nothing before its time, nothing after its time, always now and never then. Since we exist at a certain dimension of reality, there is a certain flow of time. Mango appears in the season of the mango and cherries appears in the time of cherries. You know, A child is born at a certain time and no matter how quickly you want that child to be 21, it will still take 21 years for the child to be 21, you know? So patience is really an, an intelligence that you are in tune with the flow of time. What is it time for? You're aware of what are the gifts of now and what are the needs of now? And you be with that and you rejoice in that while knowing that the flow of time keeps organizing all the rest on its own. Now, the flow of time is part of the creative intelligence of nature, which ultimately organizes everything. Just like the distinct seasons, distant cycles of our own celestial movements of our planets. So there is an innate intelligence which is embedded within the system, which generates different experiences, possibilities, events, at distinct points of this eternal flow of time. So the more we are in tune with this natural intelligence, we have a natural ease with the flow of time. Then we can be with what is and we can love the isness of business 
while knowing that the time is our ally and this flow will generate that which we intend, that which is best for us, that the flow will generate that as we have seen uh, that from the moment we are born, we are supported by nature, by the very changes in the mother's body, which happen on their own. Uh, the mother doesn't force them. They happen on their own. Uh, to the very age that we are, the changes that happen within the cells from the two-celled organism to this complex system of billions of cells that we are right now as this body, there is a stages that occurred within that. And all those stages were within the flow of time uh, because that flow of time is ultimately an expression of creative intelligence. So the more we can really see that time as our ally, the creative intelligence of existence as our ally, then we have a natural ability to be with what is. And so everything that is, is now for you. And ultimately that now can expand. The now is not just this clock now, even what we call the future and even what we call the past are included in that big now. On the nervous system level, there is the small now, which shows up as this moment separated from other moments. But when you expand your bandwidth of your awareness, then the whole life can be in a now, right? So without patience, there seems to that it's a natural thing that we are disconnected from the natural flow of time and we don't see the universe as an ally, but more as a threat. And that creates a friction in the way you relate with your life. So, and then you also do not have the correct attitude to fulfill the need of the hour because you're too obsessed about the things that are not happening or that might happen or might not happen. So you're too obsessed about what's not to really pay attention to what is. And an individual who is not able to pay attention to what is, is going to unnecessarily suffer. So because only in attention to what is can we find appreciation for what is. So patience is a great quality of the wise. And a patience is not passive. Patience is an active intelligence where we are naturally in tune with the flow of time and where time is an expression of creative intelligence that organizes everything. And we, have verif we can verify that from the very observation of our journey in this incarnation, in this life. And when someone's experiencing or showing up as impatient, what it, they'd be being out of tune, but like, what is the root of that? If someone's just impatient, like what is the deeper root of that state? The deeper root of that state is disconnect. Disconnect from the fundamental ground of being is a state of distress. Impatience is a state of where you are not in touch with your own fundamental nature. You are disconnected and you have given up your power to some fantasy. You are absorbed in some fantasy that there has to happen some event for you to feel at ease, for you to have any meaning of life. Okay, so there is a crisis happening in that impatient state. 
where you have given up presence, given up your power to some idea that when that happens, your, your life will have meaning, will have greater value. And that really doesn't work out very well, right? So that is why practice which allows you to get deeply acquainted with your own fundamental ground of being can help you transcend this chronic illness of being impatient where you are constantly in conflict with what is, right? And sense of inherent mistrust of reality. And that's not a very strong position to live from. An individual who is naturally in tune with their essential nature will fulfill the need of the hour, will fulfill the, plant the seeds that nature wants you to plant because you are so attentive to the signals of nature. And when you plant the seeds that nature wants you to plant, then nature does the rest, right? Uh, the journey from the seed to the tree is uh, very effortless for the creative intelligence of nature. Of course, you have to co-create and you have to do your part in that, whether by proper watering and at times creating a proper shade and all of that. But there are very, very specific uh, invitations to act, which are really very much about the now, right? So in the now, there is always certain need that you can fulfill. And there is always something that you can deeply appreciate. And they both come together. So impatience uh, is inherently a disconnect from your own fundamental ground of being. When you're disconnected from that, you are inherently mistrustful of what is. What is is not your ally. What is your ally is an idea that you have in your head. And so you're living in some kind of a fantasy disconnected from fundamental reality. And that is really not something we recommend. And what about when one has a vision or, or intuition or maybe a, an, a feeling of an inner knowing that something's going to unfold Something's going to happen. And then though in time, it appears that thing is not happening or it appears there's a lot of opposition to that thing happening. And so there, then there, you know, one can experience like confusion. Why isn't this happening when it, when it feels it's so authentic, it feels it is going to happen. Like what can one do in that moment when there's just not that flow, not that tune in that moment? You see, you can have an intuitive feeling and you can have an intuitive vision. And in the relative reality, there is always a certain level of opposition to any action, right? It's like when you climb a mountain and you have a vision of climbing the mountain, uh, that you're going to be on top and you have a vision of how it's going to be there and how it actually is there. And you start walking and then there, there is a position that is always a collateral to any journey you take. You know, it might be depending on what time of the year you take that journey on, there will be different oppositions that you will face, right? There can be the heat, there can be the monsoon, there can be that's just your own body getting tired and exhausted. And that vision is still there that it's, you know, you felt this sense of effortlessness that would unfold and that sense of exuberance that you will have when you started the journey with great excitement. But in this time where we are in this reality, the fundamental thing is learning. We have to learn and we have to grow. 
So there can, there can both be true that you can have that intuitive sense that how it is meant to be, but at the same time, you don't know the whole picture, right? So as I say, intuition and intellect have to work together. Your intuition can have an access. What is intuition is really your ability to remember future. It is your ability to, to expand the bandwidth of now. You can, you know, kind of gl a glimpse into the future that is coming to your now. But you might not be able to see the whole picture, right? The details. And the details come only when you take the journey, right? So, and sometimes you can be uh, a little bit shocked because if that intuition gets formed into an idea, and that's where we have to be very aware of that the intuition should remain fluid and you should not create that intuition into an idea and then hold on to that idea and make it a strong position in your mind. And then you can unnecessarily struggle, right? So as I say, the path on the, the stones on the path of the river are the stones on the path of the river are the path. They are not the opposition to the path. So the opposition, that so-called opposition that you encounter in the path of your intuitive vision is part of your intuitive vision. Of course, when you had the intuitive vision, you couldn't be seeing all the obstacles and the challenges you would be facing because that's not what your intuition is designed to do. That intuition, intuitive vision is to inspire you to move towards it. If you started to see all the challenges and the opposition that you might face on that journey, then you wouldn't even take the first step, right? And sometimes, let's say you have a vision of the mountain, you're climbing in this metaphor, and then you climb them, you're going in the direction of the mountain and you know, you're so certain that you have to go to the mountain and then rain comes and that road is blocked and just huge boulders drop and there's no way you can go. But what happens is you, you appreciate the view and you calm down, you realize it's happening for you. This is your ally. And then you take, you take, get a glimpse that there is another path, which is heading to the another, other mountain. And you bow down to this mountain and you start walking that path. And guess what? When you, when you go up, the view is the same with slight variation, right? The point is you are on top of a mountain and your vision was absolutely correct. There is always a little bit play, a little bit mystery when we, otherwise it would become boring, right? So there is always a certain level of mystery in this theater of life. There's always the unpredictable, the unexpected. And that's what keeps this whole game of life so interesting, right? There's always gonna be the mystery. And that's why the divine mother that we, you know, the manifest reality we equate with the divine feminine in the yogic tradition, she is uh, always mysterious and mischievous. Mm -hmm. So there is always mystery and mischief in this journey of life. And we have to have a giggle with it, right? Not take these oppositions, like not start looking at it as something wrong. The moment you level something wrong, you have taken a very strong position of being, you know, unfriendly, of, of living in an unfriendly universe right and that can really snowball into a lot of anxiety and fear within you and that can start to make you feel weak and very quickly you know the rug will be pulled from under your feet as you were sharing it reminded me so much of the motorcycle journey and, and it completely <laughs> rang true that it, if i would have knew what that really entailed i'm not sure if i would have had the courage to do it <laughs> exactly i remember that conversation we had on the mountain before shimla when i purposefully yeah. took you all through the little bit more challenging but more beautiful path 
of going through that pass. Uh, <laughs> why is it? It was meant to be easy, and why is it so difficult? <laughs> I can't keep up. I can't keep up. <laughs> yes, because till now, till that time moment, you had, you know, your growth had been so effortless, and. Uh, so naturally unfolding of the great mystery. And then, you know, that was the first time where nature really, Divine Mother said, okay, you know, let's have a little mischief and see. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, there was a lot of learning through, through that experience that I'm so grateful for. And, and yes, we get to meet, we get, exactly. The point is not on top of the mountain. I mean, we have to get to the top of the mountain, mind you. When we have that vision, it's magnificent that, uh, you know, top of the, to be on the top of the mountain is a supremely magnificent feeling when you're going to the top. But also, uh, there is a lot of learning and growth to be had uh, when the boulders show up on our way. Yes, yes. The other teaching that's coming to me in this moment is the teaching of evolve or suffer. And so how is that teaching intertwined with time and related to time you see time is what we call time is change you know time is how we measure change we see we observe change and we say hey, that's time so the fundamental reality of relativity uh, life is change or time as i said in the beginning and uh, so all nature is pulling us towards change we are constantly changing nature is changing and if we in that change, you know, if you look at, you know, in economics, they call it depreciation, right? The rate of change depreciates the value of that which is changing. Huh? So you have to, if you're not in tune, then in time, you, life seems to get harder if you're not growing. So time is the invitation to evolve, to grow. And whenever you are growing, whenever you are progressing, you will find you will have a greater sense of meaning in life. You will have a greater sense of purpose in life. You will physically feel better. You will feel greater joy in your heart. If you are not growing, you will, you cannot feel happy, right? So there is growth is essential. And we are not talking about growth just in a very narrow bandwidth of some economic growth or, you know, uh, just body growth we are talking about growth in the most holistic sense of really evolution of your soul and we look in nature nature is progressive nature is progressive nature supports that which adapts to the changing times and grows any species which adapts and grows can thrive any individual who adapts and grows and listens to that invitation to evolve starts to thrive you naturally feel you are more supported by nature what you might call luck Luck is nothing but you being in tune and you rising up to that dimension of life where you find more and more support from nature. So instead of nature showing up as an opposition, nature shows up as supportive agent. This manifest reality shows up as supportive agent. So the command from nature is evolve or perish. If, you do, if you're not growing, then you are struggling then you are designing secretly your own suffering, right? 
So in time, it's very clear, change is on the only constant. And in time, either you grow progressively or you will regress. And that regression will show up as crisis of meaning, lack of self-worth, you know, an angst, fear, all kinds of uh, feeling of weakness, you know, all kinds of uh, entities will show up. So the growth is key, growth in the direction of your own soul nature, growth on the level of deeper understanding, becoming a better human being, you know, a better expression of your own self, more with more compassion, more connection, more love, more sense of purpose. These are all aspects of growth. And so evolution is the impulse of nature. It is the driving force in the manifest universe, evolution. And it would be wise for us to align with ourselves with that impulse. When we align ourselves with that impulse of the manifest universe, we find naturally will find more and more support. We will thrive. When we are not, when we are resisting that, we will suffer. Because you cannot win from totality. It is best to align yourself with the strongest presence not to resist it. And so if someone seeks to be more in tune with time and flow with time and have less resistance with time, do you have any guidance, you know, to tangibly, eloquently move through time? The sattva teachings, you know, that you are sharing there through Lighthouse Yoga, are really designed to do that. The whole integrated practice from our meditation practices to our, you know, our technology of yoga, uh, not just the asana, but the subtler practices that we share, our knowledge, you know, correcting the intellect and really having a consistent uh, de devotion to that, where you are really carving out time for growth, for personal growth, for personal realization, for refining your, you know, your consciousness state or getting more and more into the timeless and the eternal. So the whole integrated path that uh, is coming from the Himalayas here, the Sattva Yoga teaching that you are, you know, brilliantly radiating out through the lighthouse is designed to do that. So anybody who's listening, they should, you know, if they can, they should uh, access this teachings. And uh, there is no one pill that, uh, okay, is there a pill I can take that will help me get more in, you know, flow of time. No, it's a practice. It's a dedication. It is something you have to be genuinely interested in. And it is ultimately about self-love, right? If you have enough love for yourself, then you know that you deserve a great life. You're not designed, you're not here on this planet to suffer. And, and the meaning of life is not in some endless suffering. The meaning of life is in joy, in love, in growth. And where, of course, pain is included in that as a great teacher, but uh, you are here to grow and evolve. And uh, when you really realize that you deserve that, and that is an expression of self-love, and then you take the steps. And there's not one thing, if anybody says, oh, just do this one thing and it will, you know, make you in the flow of time. 
I mean, these are just, can be little marketing gimmicks, but there is no just one thing that you do and that will make you in the flow of time. <laughs> mm. Because if there was just one thing, the whole world would be just doing that one thing, right? So there is not one thing. You have to be a mature individual. And that's why the yogic teachings, you know, the our Himalayan yogic teachings, they are not one thing. They are a integrated, really uh, very elegant map with specific yantras, vehicles. So it's not just showing you the road, but also giving you the vehicle to navigate that road. Thank you. And I can verify that and, and have experienced that, the power of the integrated yoga practice. Yes, you know, often the word yoga is misunderstood, you know, because of what has been pulled out from this elegant uh, tradition and just one very you know limited aspect of has been pulled out and there's a lot of confusion generated around it but uh, mature people can find you know when they really find the deep integrated practice and when we talk when i say the word practice that includes correct knowledge correcting our intellect having a correct perception right correct worldview and uh, examining our pre-existing worldview so there's a lot of knowledge and jnana involved in that not just uh, uh, you know, techniques. So all of it is, I mean, in the, you know, jnana and dhyana and kriya and sangha, seva, all of it is included in, in the integrated approach. Integrated approach and integrated life. That's what yoga really means. Integrated, the state of integration. Just even if somebody really gets initiated into the sattva meditation technique, because there's a lot, of, a lot of meditation techniques and there's a lot of confusion around that, right? So sattva meditation technique is based on a very, you know, very fundamental sound basis and it's a very accessible technique, but yet very comprehensive, right? It's not a diluted, watered down technique. It's a very comprehensive technique with a very strong foundation from the timeless tradition of yoga of the Himalayas. I mean, you really, just even that, if anybody who doesn't have a practice can just Get, begin with that, getting initiated into the Sattva meditation technique, learning that, how to meditate, and being consistent with that, they will already see in, you know, very quickly in a month, two months, uh, quickly changes in themselves which, with the resultant effect of changes in their life because you can only change your life when you change yourself for your life is you, you know. There is no life independent of you for you. You are your life. And when you change, your life changes. So just something as, you know, uh, medit sattva meditation is our foundation practice. So if you can just learn that and get in, learn how to meditate, you know, in this practice, that will already help you because in you, it's a very integrated and effortless practice which can really help you uh, get more in tune, get more, get that inner state of sense of timelessness, get that inner sense of infinity and be at ease with the infinity instead of being scared of it you know because i mean you know a lot of human beings are kind of in, stuck in that when you're stuck in the lower mind you're stuck in this kind of denial of where you are right you just like I mean, just look where you are you're in a tiny blue dot floating in a sea of infinity in all directions so sometimes we get most human beings lose such perspective of infinity we are in kind of in denial of where we are and who we are and when we are in denial of the truth of who you are and where you are, you know, it's, it's, and you cannot be unnecessarily struggling. I mean, just 
we can be so uh, absorbed, you know, by the likes and the dislikes and the social media and just so glued to the screen that remaining clueless that you, you know, you're in a tiny, 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 tiny blue dot revolving around a <clears throat> ball of fire <laughs> with other giants moving around you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Where the probability of just an insect occurring is 0.00001%. If mm. if I you know I'm, and there I'm just stopping putting the one because we have to put it. Mm. The, the zeros could go on for a long time. So mm. it's so important for us to really gain mm. you know intimacy with infinity. For life is an infinite game, not finite. Mm. Yeah. So if anybody wants to you know as far as practice, I would recommend. To learn how to meditate in a proper way, you know, which really is based on very sound research and uh, verified hundreds and hundreds of years of experience. And so, learn and practice. Uh, you know, they can learn with you. Learn the Sattva meditation technique; it will help you. Then learn the integrated approach. Correct your intellect, correct, you know, refine and question your worldview. What are the fundamental, what is the universal view you have? What is the kind of universe you are designing? What is your fundamental assumptions about life that you live by? Have you examined your assumptions? Are these assumptions a result of your own fundamental research and experience of your own, you know, inquiry? Or they are just being bought along the way, some things you absorb just because of the people you are surrounded by, what was on TV, what was being sold in the market, right? While you were busy doing other things. So it's important to, and that's part of being a mature being, right? That we really get interested in who we are, and why we are and what we are and where we are and examining them. And uh, with, with a very clear uh, vision of being more in tune human, right? And living fully, totally, not as in some kind of armchair philosophy, but uh, something which uh, really has a punch-through effect of making you uh, thrive in this manifest reality. Thank you. So much grace, gratitude, the teachings, the wisdom, your time. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Claire. Keep shining the light. Keep helping people get, you know, more in tune with the flow of time right? instead of fighting it. <laughs> Life is time. We better make friends with time, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Light on Being podcast. Like all things in time, this is an evolving living thing as we discover our wholeness and light together. I'm excited that you're along for the journey and I would love to connect with you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Light on Being. Send me a message with any comments or questions and they may be addressed on an upcoming episode. If you enjoyed today's podcast, the highest compliment that one can give is to share the episode with a friend or leave a review. Make sure to look up at the full moon and see her bright, radiant light. She 
is fully being.